Hypoglycemia, paging Dr. Whipple. Hypoglycemia is often defined as a plasma glucose concentration below 70 milligrams per deciliter. However, signs and symptoms may not occur until plasma glucose concentrations drop below 55 milligrams per deciliter. The symptoms of Whipple's triad have been used to describe hypoglycemia since 1938. For Whipple's triad, the practitioner must first recognize symptoms of hypoglycemia, then obtain low gl blood glucose, and finally demonstrate immediate relief of symptoms by the correction of low blood glucose with glucose treatment. Glucose is the primary metabolic fuel for the brain under physiologic conditions. Unlike other tissues of the body, the brain is very limited in supplying its glucose. Expectedly, the brain requires a steady supply of arterial glucose for adequate metabolic function. Potential complications can arrive from an interruption of glucose supply. As such, protective mechanisms to guard against low serum blood glucose hypoglycemia have evolved in the body. During fasting states, serum glucose levels are maintained via glucogenesis and glycogenolysis in, in the liver. Glucogenesis is the pathway in which glucose is generated from non-carbohydrate sources. These non-carbohydrate sources could be protein, lipids, pyruvate, or lactate. In contrast, glycogenolysis is the breakdown of glycogen stored in the glucose products. Much of the glycogenolysis occurs in the hepatocytes, liver, and mycocytes, or myocytes, muscle. Hypoglycemia is most often seen in patients who have diabetes that undergoing pharmacologic intervention. Among this group, patients with type 1 diabetes are three times as likely to experience hypoglycemia than patients with type 2 diabetes when receiving treatment. Etiology. In patients who do not have diabetes, hypoglycemia is uncommon, but when it occurs, there are fewer major causes of hypoglycemia, pharmacological, alcohol, critical illness, counter-regulatory hormone deficiencies, and non-isolate cell tumors. Most hypoglycemia occurs in patients with diabetes who are undergoing therapeutic intervention with uh, megalinotides, solubides, or insulin. Drugs are the most common cause of hypoglycemia. Metformin, glucagon-like peptide, receptor agonist, sodium glucose, co-transporter 2 inhibitors, and uh, diapeptyl pep peptase inhibitor are very frequently, very infrequently will lead to hypoglycemia. Non-diabetic patients with intact hepatic function will rarely experience fasting hypoglycemia because of the preventive counter-regulatory measures. An episode of true hypoglycemia in a non-diabetic patient might be an iatrogenic cause such as surreptitious insulin use. Other potential causes of hypoglycemia are critical illness, alcohol, cortisol deficiency, and or malnourishment. Alcohol inhibits glucogenesis in the body but does not affect glycogenolysis. Thus, hypoglycemia occurs after several days of alcohol consumption and after glycogen stores are, de are depleted. For example, in critical illness states, end-stage liver disease, sepsis, starvation, or renal failure, glucose utilization exceeds glucose intake, glycogenolysis, and or glucogenesis. The result of this imbalance is potentially the reason why hypoglycemia may occur. Counter-regulatory hormone deficiencies can occur as in states of adrenal insufficiency. Hypoglycemia associated with such deficiencies are rare. Non-isolate tumors may also cause hypoglycemia through increased secretion of insulin-like growth factor 2, which can lead to hypoglycemia. Insulinomas are functioning isolate cell tumors associated with insulin secretion. They can be life-threatening and primarily manifest with fasting morning hypoglycemia. Although these tumors are rare, they should be considered in the workup of suspected cases. Epidemiology. Hypoglycemia is in, with type 1 diabetes, particularly in those patients receiving intensive insulin therapy.
Severe hypoglycemic events are reportedly anywhere between 62 and 320 episodes per 100 patient years in type 1 diabetes. As opposed to patients who have type 1 diabetes and require insulin therapy exclusively, patients with type 2 diabetes experience hypoglycemia relatively less frequency compared to patients with type 1 diabetes. This can be in part due to pharmacotherapies that do not induce hypoglycemia like metformin. The incidence of hypoglycemia in patients with type 2 diabetes has been reportedly approximately 35 episodes per 100 patient years. There are no reported disparities in incidence based on gender. Pathophysiology. The body has inherent counter-regulatory mechanisms to prevent hypoglycemic episodes. All of these counter-regulatory mechanisms include an interplay of hormones and neural signals to regulate the release of endogenous insulin to increase hepatic glucose output and to alter peripheral glucose utilization. Among the counter-regulatory mechanisms, the regulation of insulin production plays a major role. Decrease in insulin production as a response to low serum glucose isn't the body's first line of defense against hypoglycemia. For endogenous glucose production to take place, particularly hepatoglycogenolysis, low insulin levels are necessary. A plasma glucose levels as plasma glucose levels decline, beta cell secretion of insulin also decreases, leading to increased hepatic renal glucogenesis and hepatic glycogenolysis. Glycogenolysis maintains serum glucose levels over 8 to 12 hours over glycogen stores or once like glycogen stores have depleted over time hepatic glucogenesis contributes more to maintaining euglycemia than when required the decreased insulin production occurs while the glucose level is in a low normal range this serves as a distinctive feature compared to other counter-regulatory measures Additional counter-regulatory measures typically occur once the serum glucose levels decrease beyond the physiologic range. Among the additional counter-regulatory mechanisms, pancreatic alpha cell secretion of glucagon is the next line of defense against hypoglycemia. Should increased glucagon fail to achieve euglycemia, uh, adrenomedullary epinephrine is secreted. All three counter-regulatory measures occur in the acute stage of hypoglycemia. On occasions, the previously mentioned counter-regulatory mechanisms may fail to resolve the hypoglycemia. At this point, further counter-regulatory measures are employed in the form of growth hormone and cortisol. Both the release of growth hormone and cortisol are seen in prolonged hypoglycemic states. History and physical. The clinical manifestations of hypoglycemia can be classified either neuroglycopenic or neurogenic. Neuroglycopenic signs and symptoms are are the result from the direct nervous system deprivation of glucose. These include behavioral changes, confusion, fatigue, seizure, coma, and potential death if not immediately corrected. Neurogenic signs and symptoms can either be adrenergic, including tremors, palpitations, anxiety, or cholinergic, including hunger, diaphoresis, and paresthesias. Neurogenic symptoms and signs arise from sympathoadrenal involvement either norepinephrine or acetylcholine release in is in response to perceived hypoglycemia a detailed history is essential for evaluating hypoglycemia pertinent issues that should be addressed while taking a patient's history include a detailed medication history history of alcohol or drug abuse history of psychiatric disorders personal or family history of diabetes unintentional unintentional weight changes changes in medication consideration of acute kidney or renal failure Symptoms of different hormone deficiencies, timing of the hypoglycemic episode relative to meals and exercise. There's no agreed upon lab value that defines hypoglycemia. 
Hypoglycemia is said to be present when a patient has symptoms consistent with hypoglycemia in addition to low serum glucose measurement, less than 70 milligrams per deciliter. The pers this perspective reflects the idea that hypoglycemia is a clinical presentation coupled with a lab finding of low serum glucose rather than a pure chemistry finding. Typical, typically, neurogenic and neuroglycopenic symptoms of hypoglycemia occur at a glucose level below 50 to 55 milligrams per deciliter, but this threshold can vary from individual to individual. Patients who have diabetes can present with symptoms of hypoglycemia at relatively higher serum glucose levels. The chronic hyperglycemia alters the set point in which the neuroglycopenic neurogenic symptoms become apparent. The phenomenon is referred to as pseudo-hypoglycemia because the serum glucose may be within normal range despite the symptom presentation. Evaluation. As previously mentioned, documentation of Whipple's sign is a potential indication of hypoglycemia and any initial laboratory evaluation should confirm hypoglycemia. Treatment and management. Identification of a hypoglycemic is critical due to the potential adverse effects, including coma and or death. Severe hypoglycemia can be treated with intraosseous and intravenous IV dextrose followed by infusion of glucose. For conscious patients able to take oral PO medications, readily absorbable carbohydrate su sources such as fruit or juice should be given. For patients unable to take oral agents, glucagon should be administered. Glucagon can be given intramuscularly or internasally with the newest formulations. Once the patient is more awake, a complex carbohydrate food source should be given out to sustain for sustain to achieve sustained euglycemia. More frequent blood glucose monitoring should occur, should occur to rule out further drops in blood sugar. Non-pharmacological management of recurrent hypoglycemia involves patient education and lifestyle changes. Some patients are unaware of the serious ramifications of, of persistent hypoglycemia. As such, patients should be educated on the importance of routine glucose monitoring as well as the identification of the individual symptoms of hypoglycemia. If lifestyle changes are not effective in preventing further episodes, then pharmacologic intervention should be modified. Patients should be advised to wear a medical alert bracelet or necklace and also carry a glucose source like gel candy or tablets in the purse or in case symptoms arise. In outpatient setting, reviewing blood sugar logs and food logs may help identify problem areas for patient. Differential diagnosis. If hypoglycemia is concerned, the focus should be on correcting the hypoglycemia and identifying the underlying cause. In the workup of hypoglycemia, history should include medication and dietary adherence, medication changes, suspicion of acute ki uh, kidney injury, and, or intentional unintentional weight changes, especially weight loss. Prognosis. Severe insulin reactions may be proven fatal, so it is essential to contact EMS immediately when an individual is disoriented or unconscious. The patients with diabetes should also reach out to their clinicians if they begin to experience frequent hypoglycemic episodes as they may need to have adjustments made to their medication regimen, meal plans, or even exercise or activity regimen. Non-diabetic non individuals who show signs and symptoms of hypoglycemia should contact their clinician to further evaluate their situation. Severe or prolonged hypoglycemia can be life-threatening and in patients with diabetes, there is a correlation with increased mortality in non-diabetic individuals experiencing reactive hypoglycemia. The prognosis is good.